Hello, welcome to episode 11 of At Least You Didn't. I'm Caroline Verdon. I'm Annabelle Buckland. Welcome along to our showcase, really, I think we could call it, of all of the terrible things we've ever done in our <laughs> yeah, lives. I think you've summed that up quite nicely. Uh, in fact, I was talking to someone the other day um, about podcasts and they were saying, you know, it's interesting because everyone else has a podcast about something that they're really good at. You know, they're good at history, so they do a history podcast. Uh, they think they're good at solving crime, so they do like a murder podcast. Uh, and your podcast is about all the things you're terrible at. <laughs> Keeping it real. Keeping it real. <laughs> uh, listen, if you have any stories you would love to share with us, we would love to hear them. All you have to do is find us on Facebook or Instagram. Drop us a DM. You can find us at At Least You Didn't. So this podcast was basically born out of Caroline and I messaging each other throughout lockdown, because let's face it, there was nothing else to do. <laughs> basically just trying to one-up each other on all of the terrible, embarrassing stories from our pasts. <laughs> so we decided to write all of these down on a little bit of paper put them in a bag, send each other our bags and then press record and read out our stories and just see how it goes. And we've made it into a podcast. Who'd have thought? I am slightly concerned that, you know, one day we might run out of stories, but hopefully with restrictions lifting soon, we'll be back out in the world causing trouble. So hopefully with more stories. (laughs) See, I've got no issue with that whatsoever. I don't think for a second that we'll run out of stories because uh, our lives are just too calamitous. I'm sure it'll be fine. We could go on for years with this. Thanks, Caroline. Does that make you feel good? Yeah, great. You are welcome. Uh, Coming up on this week's episode, at least you didn't have a breakdown in Macy's. Fail at being a tour guide. Or show yourself up in front of the school mums. At least you didn't kick a baby. I tried to snog the vicar. At least you didn't show the bin many knickers. It could be worse. At least you didn't bore your eyes out in the middle of Macy's. Yeah. So I love Macy's. I love Macy's. So when I was a kid, all of our family holidays were basically UK-based holidays with the odd Mm. trip to Brussels in Belgium because that's where my cousins live. Um, But apart from that, it was the south coast. It was like, right, Swanage, uh, somewhere else in Dorset, somewhere else in Dorset, maybe Cornwall if we're feeling really posh. Um, Mm. And when it came to the year that I was doing my GCSEs, I learned a lot about how terrible I was with exam stress. And I was very stressed out. I am not a good exam person in any way, shape or form. Um, And so my parents decided to essentially bribe me. And they were like, look, when you're finished, we are going to go on an amazing holiday. And we booked four weeks in America. Like this was unheard of for my family. We'd gone from caravans to four weeks in America. Um, And we were doing it as like a little tour of the East Coast and doing like three nights here and four nights there. And so I was 16. My sister was 12. This was going to be insane. Now, the only downside of this trip was that we were going in August, which was when the exam results were out. And because it was back in the day, because I'm 107, in order to get your exam results, you either went into school that morning or you waited for them to arrive in the post. There was none of this internet texting, phoning malarkey. Yeah, me too, actually. Yeah, we're both old. Um, And my (laughs) nana was looking after our house whilst we were in America because we had two cats. And so my nana was cat sitting. Party house. Party house. And I remember that the day that my exam results were going to arrive at my house 
we had gone to Macy's to go shopping and I had been so excited about this because part of the deal about our trip to America was that we would only take carry-on luggage and we would take empty suitcases because oh, all the shopping. Yeah, because at this point in oh. time America was so much cheaper than the UK that it made sense to just buy your clothes in America. Oh my god. That is exciting. That does things to me. It, I know. And I was 16, well into fashion, like all over the fact that this was actual Macy's. Like this yeah. was brilliant. Um yeah. and so I had been looking forward to this day so much. Anyway, coincides with my exam results coming home. In the ground floor of Macy's at the time, uh, there were a load of phone boxes because obviously we didn't have a mobile phone. So I'd gone over to the phone box and we had a load of whatever it was, the coins that we needed. And we were like feeding them in and feeding them in. And we phoned home and the pressure to do well in my exams was gigantic. Yeah. Both of my parents worked in education. I was in top sets, I think, for everything. But even with that, I had tutors for what felt mm. like everything. And so there was this sense of expectation and this sense of mm. pressure that I was going to get decent results. Um, and we phoned and my nana picked up the phone and she said, yes, the post is here. And we didn't sit everything on the same exam board, which meant that there were three or four envelopes from different exam boards and she had yeah. to open them all. And I was like, look, open all the envelopes at once, take out the individual pieces of paper and then let's just read through them because I just, I can't bear the waiting in between. So let's, we'll just do it that way. So she opens all the pieces of paper and I was like, right, now I'm holding the phone. It's not to my ear. I'm holding it in front of me and crowded around the earpiece it's me, my mum and my dad. My sister couldn't give a monkey. She was already looking at, at shoes. Um, and we're crowding round that earpiece as my nana goes, English, F. <gasps> Maths, F. No. Double science, F. Music, F. The world stood still. Meltdown. Complete meltdown yeah. in the centre of Macy's. I basically, you know when you see in films when people get really bad news and they crumple to the ground? Yeah. Well, that was me. Um, my my mum was like, what? And my dad was going, nope, nope, this can't be right. This can't be right. This cannot be right. And he was saying, look again. And I'm weeping on the floor. Absolutely Aww. weeping. And my nana just goes, oh. Sorry, F for female. <laughs> and at the top of every single exam paper, God knows why, they had your name. It then said the subject you were sitting and then it said whether you were male or female. And so she just read like Caroline Verdon, English, F. Straight F. Straight F for every single subject. Oh man, I'd never been so relieved in oh my, my life. God. Also, it said it well because... Anything was going to be good to my parents after I did not get just a complete <laughs> yeah. house full of Fs. <laughs> but 
But I have to say, retrospectively, it was a terrible idea to take an empty suitcase on holiday because when you go on holiday, you're in that holiday mood. And you also... No inhibitions. No inhibitions. And you soak up the local fashion. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I came back with a pair of white dungarees that were shorts and underneath it, it was an American football shirt that was like a mid-drift top. And whilst I was on holiday, oh man, I look really cool, like a proper American local. Um, and then yeah. when I when I came back to Hampshire, um, <laughs> I realised ninety percent of what was in that suitcase could never be worn again. It was a mistake. <laughs> at least you didn't fail at being a tour guide. I failed so bad at being a tour guide, Caroline. So this was a summer holiday in between uni terms. So I was living with my boyfriend at the time in Oxford. So I had like a massive summer holiday and I was looking for work. And I didn't want to sit in an office all day. Oh my God, this is, to sit in an this is real failing at being a tour guide. I was thinking you were going to say, oh, and so I tried to show him round Oxford and I didn't do a very good job. I've, oh, no. I've just realised the I got magnitude of this. I got a job, Caroline, as a tour guide for the Oxford School of English, one of the big language schools in Oxford. Oh, it's so huge. In summer, obviously, the, the tourism in Oxford is massive. And a big part of that is the language schools who host huge groups of students from all over the world to come over to Oxford to practice their English, to learn and go on all these fun day trips. And they need staff to staff these activities. So I thought rather than sitting in an office and you know doing some boring job, which I, let's be honest, I'm not built to do. I thought this looks great. I'd be a great activity leader was the job description. Okay. So it was my job to lead between 30 to 40 Taiwanese teenagers around various places in Oxfordshire and beyond for money. (laughs) And it wasn't the greatest decision I've ever made. I know you've lived in various places, but you've always come back to Oxfordshire. You've spent large portions of your childhood, your teenage life, like your 20s. Oh, yeah. Born and bred, Caroline. Born and bred. So I thought I'll be great at this. I love people. I'm an excellent communicator. (laughs) The language barrier won't be an issue. I know what I'm doing. So... To give you an example of some of the things that we had to do with these huge groups of students, we had to take them on a day trip to London, a walking tour of London. And you had to give the tour? I had to give the tour. So what you get is a pack, like a A4 booklet the day before, and you have to read it all and learn it all. And it's got a route on it. And... I do not have the strongest sense of direction at all. (laughs) So I was so stressed about this, Caroline, because I had to lead these groups. From There was about eight or nine checkpoints that we had to get through, like Trafalgar Square, that that London Museum, the the museum in London. Which one? one? Science Museum? Natural History Museum? London Transport Museum? Victoria and Albert Museum? The British Museum? The Tate, Tate Modern? 
the one about Portrait the war. Portrait gallery. <laughs> the Imperial War Museum. That one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all of these like really big, well-known. The one about the war. Landmarks. Yeah. Um, we had to check off these checkpoints and at each checkpoint they'd then get 40 minutes of free time to go around and explore and you basically sit there absolutely cacking your pants that not all of them are going to return to you <laughs> at, the, at the time you're going to lose one of these 14 year old children who doesn't speak good English but instead of spending that 40 minutes of free time panicking thinking none of them are going to come back to me I spent that 40 minutes walking the next bit of the route and walking back so that Clever. I knew the next bit. Prepared. Yeah. And I thought that when I got to the end of this London day trip and all of my children had returned to me and there were, there were no dramas, I thought, oh my God, I've made it. And then the final day of the week, I had to give a walking tour of Oxford City Centre. If I can do a walking tour of London, yep. a place I haven't grown up in, yep. I can sure as hell do a walking tour of Oxford City Centre. Absolutely. So I was feeling like pretty confident in my abilities. Went to the checkpoint in Oxford, Bomb Square, right in the centre of Oxford, yep. at nine o'clock in the morning, ready to start my walking tour. And I've got my big group of 30 children and we start making our way around Oxford. And the Oxford city centre architecture is beautiful. Oh, exquisite. Such beautiful buildings. And I was actually feeling really proud of the city that I'm from and feeling like this is such a, this is such a privilege. This is such an honour yeah. to be introducing these people from a completely different part of the world to the the most beautiful buildings our city has to offer. Yeah. So we get to the point of the walking tour where it's time to teach the children about the Bodleian Library. Mm. So I line them all up in, and they've got this amazing view of the Bodleian Library and I've memorised all the facts and figures in my A4 booklet that make it sound like I just know this information because I'm a local and not that I've spent the last evening cramming it <laughs> to make it sound like I know what I'm talking about. And I, with my proper tour guide arm out to the side, I say, and if you just look here, you can see the beautiful Bodleian Library. It has every single copy of every book that's ever been printed you can see the beautiful architecture. This is Oxford's Bodleian Library. And just this voice from the back of my group goes, No, it isn't. Oh, my God. And standing at the back of my group, nothing to do with the Oxford School of English at all, just a nosy Parker <laughs> trying to ruin my day. This old... Oh, old man goes it's not the Bodleian Library love that's the Radcliffe camera <laughs> oh no they're just behind each other <laughs> so for anyone not local to Oxford there are two beautiful buildings in Oxford one is called the Radcliffe camera one is called the Bodleian Library well, I don't know the bloody difference I'll tell you the difference one is tiny and is basically like an observatory with a telescope in it that you can look up to the roof on. And it is tiny. <laughs> and the other houses every copy of a book ever published. So there's a slight difference yeah. in size. One is completely <laughs> spherical 
um, and just has some nice columns. And the other, it's got You're loads right, of. Caroline, why didn't you apply for a job at the Oxford School of English? Bloody hell. I was too busy applying so, for a job at a drama school dressing up as an old man, showing off as a nosy Parker. <laughs> So this man has just, I want, at this point, I already want the ground to swallow me up. If that wasn't bad enough, all of my group are suddenly really interested in what this man has to say. Oh my God. And do a complete collective 180. No. Suddenly, I'm at the back of the group and they're all looking at their new glorious leader who proceeds to tell them all this fascinating information about the Radcliffe camera slash the Bodleian Library. So I then realised I've got to get control back of the group. Start making things up, Annabelle. That's your only hope right now. It's worse than that. No. It's worse than that. He gets to a break in his speech, which quite frankly sounded rehearsed. (laughs) So I just think, what can I do? So I started clapping. (laughs) Oh, and I was like, thank you so much. And I said to the rest of the group, please, everyone, give a round of applause for uh, my guest. Um, really, really great of you to uh, to show up and, you know, give us some great local information about this beautiful architecture. So the rest of my group starts clapping. Suddenly there's this massive round of applause of 30, 35 I mean, people all clapping this one random man. It was Horrific, Caroline. I did not return to the job on Monday morning. <laughs> At least you did. Hang on, hang on. You did? Oh, yeah, you did. Oh, you did. Welcome to the part of the podcast where we talk about your stories. Why should we get all the fun, eh? Uh, it has by far been the best thing about doing this podcast. Uh, it's just okay. hearing all of your tales of just utter disaster it makes us feel a little a little less alone um if you have a story you would like to share please do so you can find us on instagram or on facebook Uh, just send us a dm we are at at least you didn't on this week's podcast we are speaking to a chap called tony from birmingham now tony is a personal trainer and he wanted to share with us the time he let's say got caught short on holiday it was many moons ago me and the girl I was living with at the time, we were going on holiday with some of my friends and we'd all rented this lovely villa in Portugal with its own pool, its own barbecue area. Now, I'm not a great flyer, so on the Saturday morning, as we had the flight on the Saturday afternoon, I was feeling a bit nervous. I, I, I fear that nerves were affecting my stomach, let's say. Yeah, got you. Fully on board right. with, yeah, been there. We've all been there, Tony. So I double dosed on a modium. Oh, not a double dose. Always follow the dosage, Tony. Uh, all right, that's fine. Not going to have to be running to the toilet while trying to board a plane or even worse, use the plane toilet. Oh. It worked yeah. too well. By day three of the holiday, I still hadn't been. Oh, no. And <laughs> because it, it was a nice pool, private, the own barbecue area, there was about three days of various barbecued meats oh no the thing with barbecued meat is it it is delicious um but you need the digestive system yeah yeah, sorry yeah it's delicious if you're not a vegan um but you need the digestive system to be working at its absolute peak don't you it needs to be on form doesn't it optimus prime 
type thing. <laughs> so, so it's day three. So it's it's probably Tuesday by now, and we've hired a car and we've decided we the six of us are all going out for a nice drive through this lovely village in the Algarve. I don't feel right. Something's going to happen. So I can to say, uh, I think I need to do something. To do something. So we, we pull up and we're, we're walking around and there's this Portuguese woman sat on a chair outside this building. She could have been anything from the age of 30 to 70. She just wanted the generic <laughs> yeah. sat outside. And through her rudimentary English and my rudimentary Portuguese, which is non-existent, <laughs> We quickly negotiated the price of one euro and then to use a toilet. Now, normally when I'm using strange toilets, I do have a bit of a system. <laughs> I love it. I love that you have a <laughs> protocol. Which involves lying paper around the seat because you never know whose bottom's been there before. Yeah, clever. Oh, yeah, on one of those. And to avoid splashback, you, you, you layer the water with a bit of paper as well. So there's no... Oh, back. yeah, you line oh, the landing. I never thought about that. Yeah. And also, yeah. can I just say, given that you are a personal trainer, I would have absolutely have thought you'd have gone for the hover. Well, I wasn't then. I, I, I was a fat little brummy who drank far too much. <laughs> I'm still a little, but... So, so I had no time, because this was situation critical. I had no time to do any of the niceties. So as Caroline's just said, the hover had to come into motion. <laughs> However, did not go well. My aim wasn't straight and true. Oh, my goodness. How high were you hovering? <laughs> I mean, you're not. it's not like you're seven foot tall. Were you hovering or were you just standing? <laughs> well, I think everything may have started to happen before I got into the hovering <laughs> position. <laughs> okay. So, and I, let's not beat about the bush. There was an explosion. Oh, no. Oh, Tony. <laughs> All the all meat, the all, all that the meat, booze, all everything that's just been festering there for at least three days. And I, I glanced back and looked at the horror behind me. Not much of it had hit the target where I wanted oh, it to hit. God. So there's me in an absolute panic going, what do I do? There's there's minimal toilet paper in, in, in the area. So I did what any good, honest young man in a panic did. I quickly cleaned myself up, ran out, quickly passed, I think, a five euro note over to the woman and ran for my life and <laughs> left, left her to sort out the carnage. Oh, God. Tony, you are the world's worst person. Yes. <laughs> also, five euros doesn't even nearly cover it. You needed at least a 50. Think of the amount of silly bangs she'd have had to go and stock up with that wasn't going to cover it i think maybe i set back british portuguese relations about (laughs) millennium (laughs) i mean at least i suppose you're never going to see her again but oh to do that in somebody's house i know that poor woman imagine you've just uh, you've just out of the kindness (laughs) of your heart and the promise of one euro allowed a tourist to come into your bathroom to relieve themselves and then they just abandon it and that's what you go into. She would have had to deal with that. I mean, and what did she do? Did she 
clean it all up or did she just vacate the property Move house yeah <laughs> emigrate <laughs> If you've got a story you would like to share with us, find us on Facebook or on Instagram at at least you didn't. On with the podcast, shall we? At least you didn't humiliate yourself at the school gates. Mm. So I'm not really used to this whole being a school mum thing because this is Arthur's first year of school and most of it has been in lockdown and he's been homeschooled. Yeah. So it's yeah. all very new, this whole pick-up time, having to make chit-chat with the mums and the dads at the gate and Ugh. also having to the make worst. chit-chat whilst wearing a mask and being two metres apart. It's just, it's yeah. all, it's all awkward. very awkward. And yeah. Unnatural. Yeah, exactly. And... So you've made it even worse, have you? Yes, yeah, so- <laughs> You know me. Uh, so this mum just said to me one day in passing, oh, I really like your perfume. And instantly I panicked because we're both wearing masks, which means her nose is covered and she's a good two metres away from me. So I'm thinking, oh, my God, have I sprayed too much on? Is everyone here being like, oh, she smells like a tart boudoir, Arthur's mother. Right, oh. so someone someone says something really lovely to you and you just instantly <laughs> assume... She's bullying me. Look, I've already paid for therapy. I don't need a free <laughs> session. Um, yes. Um, Sorry, please carry on. <laughs> so, um, so I sort of say, "Oh, yeah, thanks, thanks very much." And then she, you know, she says, "What is it?" I think I've got absolutely no idea because I'm just not really a perfume person. Now I wear it every day, but I only own three bottles. I think is that it? Yeah, like I. I like perfume, don't get me wrong, but the idea of having yeah, who a whole... Doesn't, who, doesn't li- who doesn't not like smelling delicious? But the idea of having a whole cupboard full, I just feel like you should have a signature scent. Do you know what I mean? One you should wear every day. <laughs> so I have a signature scent that I wear every day. What's that? Uh, it's Stella McCartney and Stella. It's in a purple bottle. Oh, you classy. Lady. I love it. It smells really clean <laughs> that's why i like it the bar is low like rose and soap smell clean. <laughs> just sort of smell clean um, and so I, I really like that one um and then i've got um oh for a special occasion i've got mark jacobs is it got less in the end i don't know um and daisy purely because that's my yeah. nana's name um she was called daisy so that's why we got that one and it smells nice uh, and it smells you know lovely yeah. yeah um and then the other one i've got uh, is uh, I did. It's a. It's a, what's her name? It's Alicia Dixon's perfume. Not because I particularly wanted Alicia Dixon's perfume. I know um, exactly <laughs> why you've got Alicia Dixon's perfume, but, and I know what it's called. <laughs> what's it called? It's called Amethyst, isn't it, Caroline? Yes. And why? Why do you own that perfume, Caroline? Uh, because I did the voiceover for the TV advert for it. Um, I can't remember anything I remember about it. it. Well, um, it, I, I literally had well. a couple of words. I think not, maybe not even that. You know what? Let's see. Let's actually try and find it. I remember it. You sounded very seductive. Are you on YouTube? Yeah. Now, when was this? Oh, it wasn't four years ago, was it? Uh, it might have been. Yeah, it probably was, was it? actually. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Fragrance by Alicia Dixon. That was it. Amethyst, exclusively at the fragrance shop. Spray a little happiness this Christmas. Oh, you only I mean, got two lines at the start. That was it. Amethyst. But it doesn't matter the how many fragrance. lines there are. <laughs> it matters how much it pays. Um, 
<laughs> and yeah, so... Um, you sell out. So I have that perfume. So I presumed it was one of those, but I couldn't remember which one. So I was like, oh, I'm, I'm not sure. And she went, oh, check, will you? And I was like, yeah, yeah. Uh, thinking, no. Anyway, I went home and I did have a look. And that was when I remembered it wasn't any of those. But there is absolutely no way that she could find out the truth um, of what a 38-year-old woman was wearing as perfume. Oh, God, I just, this must be bad. Well, I just hope she'd forget about it because who remembers conversations like that to then recheck up on it? Um, she does. Yeah, people who really, really want that perfume. So a few days later, she's like, did you, did you check? Do you know what the name of that perfume is? And out of nowhere, I didn't even have a second to think. I just went, Yes, the new one from Calvin Klein. <laughs> I don't know why I said it. It was not the new one from Calvin Klein. Um, it was a complete lie. Uh, it just sort of rolled out. I don't even... Does Calvin Klein still do perfume outside of CK1 and all the rest of it from the 90s? I've yeah. no idea. Um, yeah. So just it just, just flicked off the tongue. Um, and I hope that would be the end of it. I changed the subject. Job's done. And then a few days later, she went, Oh, I've, I've treated myself. Bought myself one of the uh, one of the new bottles of the new Calvin Klein perfumes, and I thought, well, this is going to be awkward when she opens it up and sniffs it, and then she's going to start questioning, well, why didn't I tell her the truth? And then am I going to have to eventually tell her the truth, which would be mortifying because the truth was, why she couldn't buy that perfume that I was wearing because it was an exclusive, mm. um, and it was only out for about six weeks, something like that. Um, wow. And don't you look at it me like, oh, she's wearing something really expensive and classy. What's this going to be? Yeah, um, it sounds like proper limited edition, classy, bougie perfume. Yeah, uh, it was a limited edition to uh, to Asda, um, ah. and uh, it cost me Lovely. four quid, and it was Spider Man aftershave. <laughs> that I bought for Arthur in a little tiny bottle and I thought, oh, he's going to love this for Christmas. Um, and he did, but unfortunately he loves it so much that he sprays it on everyone and he calls it Arthur spray because he can't say aftershave. Um, so Aww. you go to leave the house and he's like, mummy, have some Arthur spray and just sprays it on you. Um, so I was wandering around to the school gate stinking from some distance whilst people are wearing masks and two metres stood away. Of a Spider-Man four-pound child's aftershave. <laughs> oh, Caroline, you know that when she opens that bottle, you're not out of the woods yet because she's going to open it. She's going to take one whiff and go, Caroline lied to me. <laughs> oh. She lied through her teeth. Well, I figured... And her mask and lied to me. <laughs> and her mask. I figured I could just say, oh, it must be pheromones. You know, because perfumes react differently <laughs> with different people's pheromones. Yeah, because that, that's a really good thing to say at the school gates to make friends with all the cool mums. At least you didn't kick a baby. I tried to snog the vicar. At least you didn't show the bin many knickers. It could be worse. Panic is over a little bit now because uh, all the evidence has been destroyed. Sadly, yesterday, Arthur dropped Sadly. his bottle of aftershave onto the bathroom floor. It was tiled. The bottle was glass. It was smashed <laughs> and it's gone everywhere. Uh, so that will no longer happen Aww. at school. However, on the downside, my entire house smells of Spider-Man aftershave. 
No one can accuse us of not being a classy establishment. Uh, coming up on next week's episode, at least you didn't get stuck inside your own car. Draw attention to yourself on the work walkie-talkies, and that's not easy to say. Or try and do the right thing, but get it terribly wrong. By the way, if you want to help us, if you want to be ni- a nice person, please would you go on to iTunes if you are an Apple user. If not, just sit and talk amongst yourself for 20 <laughs> seconds. Go on and give us a five-star rating. I'm going to get there, Caroline. Are you? I'm going to get there. <laughs> Basically, open up your computer, press the on button. Go to a computer shop, buy a computer. Buy an iPhone. I think what Annabelle is trying to say is please do rate and review us. We love a good five-star review. And a review with actual words. Like, use words like... <laughs> So funny, I almost died. Best 20 minutes of my life with my clothes on. I mean, slash off. Why don't you just write them a template, Annabelle? They could email you. Yeah, and you it, could just, right. Uh... Actually, yeah, I'll send you a template. Just, just change the names and click submit. And then iTunes is like, whoa, people love this podcast. Going to show it to more people. That's how the algorithm works, baby. Thank you and good night. I'm so sorry about her. That was good.